In today's episode, we're going to be going over the basic equipment needed for home distillation. This is Still in the Clear, the podcast that distills the art and science of home distilling into easy-to-follow, audible nuggets for the beginning moonshiner. I'm your host, Cyrus, and I'm just a guy that lives in the woods and likes to make shine. So let's get into it. Before we get started, I want to remind you about The MASH. The MASH is our free bi-weekly newsletter that's delivered straight to your inbox. Each issue is packed with all kinds of useful moonshine stuff. You don't want to miss it. So go sign up at stillintheclear.com slash newsletter. I'll put a link in the show notes. Just click on that link. It'll take you right to the page where you sign up. Just leave your name and your email. It's all you got to do, and that automatically signs you up. So this week's Shiner Speak is what is a hydrometer, or as they say in Oklahoma, hydrometer. I can make fun of the Okies because I am one. Anyway, the hydrometer is uh, just a piece of equipment that tells you what the proof is. There's different types of hydrometers. Uh, You can also use them to measure the specific gravity. You can buy them in kits and get very specific, or uh, you can buy really cheap ones that are mostly accurate. You can buy really specific expensive ones that are extremely accurate. In my opinion, the inexpensive ones work just fine. So that's this week's Shiner Speak. So what pieces of equipment do you need to start making your own whiskey? Well, there's lots of equipment you can have, but there's really only two things you have to have as far as specific equipment that's for moonshine. And that is a fermenter, which can be as simple as just any container that's large enough to hold your mash or your wash that can be covered and allow the fermentation process to happen. It doesn't even have to be sealed. And then the other piece of equipment that you have to have, obviously, is the steel. Beyond that, everything else is optional, but things sure get easier with other pieces of equipment. So that being said, let's just start. You're going to need a pot that is big enough to heat your mash up to whatever temperature you need it to heat up to. So if you're doing like a sugar wash, it doesn't have to get uh, as hot as some of the other recipes. Some recipes you've got to get your temperature up to 165 degrees. Well, for a sugar mash, or sugar wash, I should say, you just got to warm the water up so that the sugar will dissolve easily, and it's got to be at the right temperature for whatever yeast you're using. So you need a pot. It's typically called a boiling pot, and it's got to be big enough for whatever size batches you're going to make. The next piece of equipment you're going to need is a, a, a fermenter. We've talked about the fermenter, and this can be an open fermenter or a sealed fermenter with an airlock. 
Most people prefer to do it sealed. It's easier that way, and that does require a container, obviously, that you can seal up. So a five-gallon bucket with a lid that has a rubber gasket on it, a hole drilled into the top that will hold a rubber stopper that you can slide an airlock into, and that's all you need for like a five-gallon batch. Uh, people make fermenters out of ice chests, um, plastic totes. Um, I have a 55-gallon fermenter that I made out of a rain barrel uh, because it has a screw-on sealable lid. And, you know, you can make them out of anything or you can buy them. The neat thing about the ones that you buy, they're conical shaped. And so when it comes time to separate out your sediment from your wash or your grains from your wash... It's really easy because the valve is on the bottom. It's like an upside down cone. And so all the settlement settles into that narrow part of the cone. You open that valve and it's the first, that's the first thing that exits. So you let all that sediment go out and then you close that valve up. And what you're left with is your wash. That's pretty handy. But, you know, they're kind of pricey too. But you can buy those online. Maybe I'll leave some links um, for some of those. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them in diff at different places. You're also going to need a steel, obviously, and you can buy steels. You can buy them in stainless steel. You can buy them in copper. You can buy them as a combination of both. You can make your own. A lot of people make their own. I, I make my own. Um, I've got a video on YouTube uh, for how I made my 25-gallon steel. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Uh, and then you're going to have to have some way to condense your steam back down into liquid. Uh, you can do that with a what they call a worm, a copper coil inside a container that has cold liquid in it. Uh, if your copper coil is long enough, it can be air-cooled. Uh, you can also use a condenser or what is sometimes called a sleeved condenser where you run water through the condenser that cool that cools the steam down and beyond that you're going to need a high well you don't have to have a hydrometer but a hydrometer is sure handy it can tell you exactly what your proof is and we'll get into other things later where uh, you can figure out your specific gravity and the uses for that uh, but that's the basic equipment and then there are additions to that also you can have a steel that has a thumper, which will make a cleaner alcohol. Um, there's advantages and disadvantages to a thumper. And a thumper is the piece of equipment that goes between the, the pot, the steel, the column, and the condenser. So between the column and the condenser uh, is where your thumper would go. There's a lot of kits online nowadays for purchasing steels complete with a thumper. And then there's a lot of other optional kinds of equipment. A, a, a proofing parrot, which I'm going to make one this year. I have a, I've never owned one, but I'm going to have one this year because I'm just going to make one. You can buy those. 
Let's see, what else? I don't think there's really anything else that you've got to have. Some funnels, uh, you know, the right size funnels are pretty handy, especially like if you've built a keg steel, you know, that doesn't have a big top that opens up. It's just got a small opening and you've got to funnel your wash into the steel. So that's basically it. Now let's let's kind of go with specifically about the sizes of those equipment. So it really depends on what size batches are you wanting to make. Do you need, you know, like if you have a 10 gallon steel, that means you're going to need about eight gallons of wash, which means your mash might actually be nine or 10 gallons uh, worth of volume. So your, your fermenter will have to hold that much volume. And if you're doing a, a 20 gallon batch, if you've got a 20 gallon steel, then you're going to have about 17 gallons, 16 gallons of wash in the steel at a time. So your fermenter will have to be able to hold 20, 25 gallons worth of mash. So these are the kinds of things that you want to think about when you're thinking about your equipment. How big of a batch do you want to do? So a lot of times what I'll recommend to people is think about the size that you'd like to do. Let's say, you know, I'd, I'd like to make a, about a gallon of whiskey at a time. So excluding, excluding how tricky that can be to figure out, depending on what kind of proof you're looking for and how good your mash is and what your ABV is and all of that, excluding all of that, let's say you are capable of getting one gallon of whiskey from a eight gallon batch okay so once you've decided yeah i'd like to make a gallon at a time and i need a, a still that's eight gallons at least then what you should do is buy the next still bigger or build the next still bigger bump up and do a 10 gallon still or a 15 gallon steel or 13 gallon steel because inevitably you'll wish you had a bigger steel than the one that you bought or the one that you built so keep that in mind also and we can do some episodes in the future about how to build these things i can do some some product reviews about buying these things you know and there's not much uh the steel that you build is going to be as good as the steel that you buy. It's going to run differently than one that you buy, but all the ones that you buy will run differently from other ones that you can buy. And that's just the way it is. So I wouldn't say that it's better to build one or it's better to buy one. It really just depends on you. And it's really just a trade-off. You know, like every decision in life is a trade-off. Your, the advantages you get to building one yourself, number one, it's going to be cheaper to build it yourself, obviously. And number two, there's kind of a, you know, there's kind of a nostalgia. There's a pride that you built it yourself. In my mind, that's an, that's an advantage. I get a lot of satisfaction from that. So I get a lot of satisfaction from that. But the downside is it's going to take longer 
You might mess up this or mess up that and have to redo something. You might not find out that you've got to redo it until you've already tried to run a batch and found that it didn't work. So those are the disadvantages. You know, buying a steel is you find the one you want, you shell out the money, and now you're ready to go. So that's the advantage. The disadvantage is, you know, it's a pretty penny sometimes. Depending on the kind of steel that you want to get, can get kind of expensive. And it's the same with the condenser. You can make a condenser, you can buy a condenser. You can make a fermenter, you can buy a fermenter. So that's that's your basic rundown on your equipment. And we in later episodes, we will get into the different types of steels. Um, you know, a pot steel, a reflux, a hybrid. And we'll, we'll go into more detail later about that. But I just wanted this episode to be just kind of a kind of a basic rundown of the equipment and what you're going to need. OK. Next week, uh, we're going to start getting into mashing. And so I have a beginner friendly recipe that I always recommend. It's a corn sugar mash and tastes really good. It works really well. It's really easy to do. And so I'm going to get into that next week. And at that point, if you have your steel, if you already have your uh, equipment, then you're going to be ready to go next week. We'll start mashing. I'll describe how to do it and get you on your way. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Share this episode with people you think might enjoy it. That would be much appreciated. It'll sure help our show grow. And don't forget, doing is improving. Have a good one. Talk to y'all next week.